Hey, hoop ballers, are you into sports betting? Do you want to know why a certain game has a funky line? Well, HoopBall has you covered. Today in sports betting is a great addition to all your handicapping questions with hosts Ira Silver and Devin Ellington. We break down game lines and future bets on all sports and try to make some money along the way. Follow us on Twitter at HoopBallGaming, at Ira Silver Magic, and at D-A-L-E-007. And download Today in Sports Betting in the App Store, Google Play, and available on Spotify. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hello, everybody, all Hoop Ball listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Around the Association with Doug and Brent on NBA Today. Brent, how's it going? It's going good, Doug. Happy to be back this week to talk some hoops. Yeah, absolutely. Some big things going on in the NBA, inside the bubble, outside the bubble, all around the world. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that. Make sure you guys check out our sponsors. we got mybookie.ag. Uh, been playing a little bit on that, Brent. I'm winning some money, actually, with uh, HoopBall. I think the boys over at HoopBall Gaming have been uh, sending us down the right path here. and I'm doing pretty good. You, you tried that out at all? Not yet, but I know those guys, all I've heard is good things, and I feel like I'm uh, I'm losing money by not trying it out. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's one way to look at it. You know, they do definitely uh, send you down the right path when it comes to what the uh, the lines are, and uh, so that's been good. And uh, winning some money, and then also our other hoopball uh, manscape.com sponsor. Make sure you guys check out that and the lawnmower 3.0. Uh, really good product there. They've spent a lot of time tweaking that and making it better. And I love mine. I've been using it quite a bit, and uh, I'm excited to to have the listeners try it. But uh, let's tweaks, get talking tweaks for your cheeks. Tweaks yeah. <laughs> for your cheeks. Yeah, right. Let's talk about some uh, some hoop ball today, some basketball. Yes, uh, sir. A lot going on in the bubble, but let's start outside the bubble right now. I heard uh, today that the Phoenix Suns, they're hopeful that their $45 million practice facility will be complete sometime next month. Uh, so they're doing big things down in your neck of the woods there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the Suns there, you know, Phoenix loves basketball. They, they get a, but they've just been bad for so long that we forget those Charles Barkley, uh, Steve Nash, you know, all those different, those cup, they had a couple of errors there where they were fun and exciting with the Mari Stoudemire and Sean Marion teams, but it's just been, been a while and, and seeing them go undefeated in the bubble and now getting this practice facility, there's a whole different, uh, feeling that maybe maybe they've turned that that corner and they're they're back on the upswing so that's really exciting yeah it was sad to see them go undefeated and still not make the playoffs why were they even invited to the bubble if that was going to be the case right but that's a that's a sore subject uh but you know you're down in arizona but that's not your uh your fan team your fan team is the uh the warriors if i'm not mistaken is that correct that's since the late 70s i've been a been a warrior fan so lots of ups and downs mostly downs but as most people know the last bunch of years have been ups ups and ups so it's more than made up for that but well i got uh, what news you got on them i haven't heard yeah good news and bad news for you in reference to the uh, golden state warriors and their Uh practice sounds like the warriors will be able to play organized basketball for the first time in six months but it'll most likely be without two of their big stars Uh, and their steph curry and draymond green considered doubtful to participate next week's voluntary minicamp but don't be worried because you still got play kavon looney andrew wiggins eric pashal they're all going to be there. So it sounds good that uh, 
Now you're going to get a little bit of Clay Thompson back on the court, so that'll be interesting. That's exciting. I love following the the antics of Clay <laughs> out on Twitter and and online. You know, people love following Clay and his bulldog around, and yep. it just seems like a cool dude. And you know, Clay, mate, Clay, I love I live vicariously through Clay, man. He's living the life. And, and just seems like a great teammate, solid guy, amazing player. I, I did see an interview with his dad where he says that Clay's shot looks better than ever because oh, all man. he's been able to do on his bum knee is just shoot. Right. So he says his shot looks better than ever, which is scary because some consider him the best shooter ever. So the best shooter ever is getting better, and he's going to be back out on the court, and, and I couldn't be more excited for that. I'll tell you what, one of the purest shooters in the league. And if you're telling me that his uh, his pure shot has gotten more pure and better, I, I just can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's, it's such it's, a quick shot, quick yeah, release. It's crazy. Got such a such a great shot, and it's like the perfect shot right now in the league. And yeah, you know, it's just he. It's great to see him available and get back on the court. Um, you know, with Steph Curry and Draymond Green still considered doubtful, it's just a matter of time. They're right around the corner as well. So that team, I think, is going to have a really really good uh, season next year, and they yeah. got one of the top draft picks. So uh, I mean. You know, it'll be interesting to see who they pick up, but I think uh, definitely Golden State will be ready to go next year, and it sounds like they're going to get an early start with uh, opening up their uh, pickup ball kind of atmosphere for their for their practice facility next week or next month. Definitely. Once yeah. once this uh, once these finals are over, it's going to be fun to see what they end up doing with that pick. What happens? I know we have to wait till it seems like November for the draft, but mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of fun, crazy off season stuff happening. So I can't wait. Right. I know last time we were on here, we talked a little bit about the coaches and the rotation on the coaches around the league. Um, Toronto Raptors, though, they, uh, they, and their coach, Nick Nurse, they, uh, that's smart to a multi-year extension. Yeah. One of the best smart. coaches in the league, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see, you know, where he goes from here, where that team in general goes from here. I mean, you've got Freddie Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry and, you know, they're, are they going to sign them long-term or what's going to happen? Are they going to try and get rid of one or, uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, Van Vliet for sure. Yeah. I think Lowry, you know, Lowry only because of his age, but his play has been incredible. He's playing some of the best basketball of his career. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it'd be really tough. He's such a fan favorite too. really tough, not to, not to give him a deal, but you do, you do hand that happens a lot to teams though. They give that, they give that guy like in Lowry's position, the fan favorite undersized guard late in his career, you give him that big deal. It even happened with like Chris Paul, Mm-hmm. It, where you know it, it hamstrings you, yeah, even you know, even a, even a Hall right of Famer, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you so, know, we'll see. But Fred Van Vliet, you got it. I mean, that dude was playing All Star level ball. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So I, w- I would like to see Freddie Freddie Van Vliet stay there for a while. I'm a big Van Vliet fan. He's he's been working hard. You know, he he made up for some of the downfalls of uh, Lowry this last playoff run, and um, kind of kept them in the game longer with when Lowry had a bad night here and there. So yeah, it was more uh, they saved Siakam. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> if they didn't have both those guys playing playing out of their minds, uh, Siaka would be getting a lot of bad press right now. Right, exactly. Well, one other bit of news that came out of Toronto is OG Ananobi. He has switched from Octagon to Clutch Sports in his representation for uh, being an agent. So Clutch Sports, that sounds familiar, huh? Who else is with Clutch Sports that we know about? LeBron James, maybe? Mm, yeah, Draymond Green. Yeah, a whole bunch of people. Clutch Sports has really been picking up people left and right. In fact, uh, Lonzo Ball just recently signed with Clutch Sports as well, which is a big surprise because if you remember, you know he was with his uh, his family, uh, I guess, uh, contract agent there for quite some time, and um, 
you know, he signed with Clutch Sports now, left that that agent. And, you know, his brother, I believe, is looking for a, an agency as well. His younger brother, he's about to uh, come into the league. So maybe he'll go with Clutch as well. And uh, Yeah, well, Clutch big, knows – Clutch well, clutch family. knows it's clutch knows it's always best to have two balls. Oh, so. there you go, exactly. <laughs> Look at you go. Yeah, so and interesting to see. You know, a lot of this is the time of year where a lot of coaches are making their rounds to other teams. A lot of players are reevaluating their their stance, their agents that they're with, and looking at their contracts. You know, we really don't have very good solid dates for when free agency is opening up. You've got the NBA draft that was uh, originally scheduled for the middle of October, that was pushed back to middle of November. Now we don't know when the the season is actually going to start next year. Is it going to actually be next year in January or is it going to be Christmas? So the dates are really in fluid motion right now. Nothing's really set in stone. Everything just keeps getting pushed back further and further. So these players are doing good by uh, looking at their agents and their contracts early and getting ready for when free agency opens up. So that's good to see these guys are looking out for themselves. So yeah yep it's um it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy <laughs> i i know this this off season uh you know everyone's gonna be and plus we're just all sitting home still so we're gonna be hungry for any news that comes out about anything right hungry for news is right and i got some news today that's kind of funny uh oh let's hear it yeah so charles barkley and shaquille and now remember back in the day their infamous fight they had in 1999 that NBA game that they uh, they tried to get into each other. I think Shaq threw the ball at uh, Chuck's head. You know, it's funny now that they're announcers together, but it came out uh, on Jimmy Fallon's show this week that Shaq said that after the game, he went back into the locker room and he got a phone call. And the other end of the line on the phone call was not only his mother, but Shaquille, but uh, Charles Barkley's mother as well. They were on a three-way call with Shaq and, they basically told him, say, hey, look, knock it off. You're the two of the best players in the league right now. You don't need to be fighting like this. I guess they had called Charles just before, and they had set up a plan where Charles would meet Shaq in the hall, in the hallway outside the locker rooms, and they would give each other a hug, and they would kind of squash it and, and sweep it under the rug. So I just thought that was kind of funny. You know what? Their mom settled it, you know, on off the court and over the phone. So – Back in them, them big old guys that back in the day, they still had to listen to their moms, you know. So, uh, yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, Batman versus Superman, where the moms named Martha had to were the go. ones that saved the day. In this yeah. case, it was uh, Barkley and Shaq, the Batman and Superman of the NBA. Yeah, <laughs> their, that's right. Their mom squashed it. Yeah. So, you know, Shaq, um, Shaq and Charles, they've been at each other for a while, but it's, it's nice to see them, you know, they do the, the TNT um, pregame and, and postgame shows and stuff. And so I think they've squashed it and it's, it's been squashed for quite some time, but uh, Charles Barkley came out today and he has guaranteed us something, friend. He's guaranteed a win for the Lakers. He guaranteed uh, shocker. the nuggets <laughs> in the Western conference finals. What do you think about that? Do you think the Lakers are going to win tonight in, in this series? Um, I mean, look, the Nuggets The Nuggets have been down 3-1, two series in a row, and the Lakers have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I don't think Charles is really going out on a limb here uh, and, and making any kind of gutsy call by, by picking the Lakers. Uh, I think most people are probably picking the Lakers. I think a lot of people had the Lakers picked to go to the finals. I know at some points I've picked them, some points I picked the Clippers, but now since the Clippers are knocked out, uh, my story will be that I have always picked the Lakers uh, to go to the finals this whole time, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I mean, Denver, 
I, I expected after their first 3-1 comeback for them to come out and play amazing, but they still fell behind 3-1 again. But I think what this is showing is that there's really no home court advantage here, so it makes it really hard for a team to close out another team like you used to be able to do on your home court. So now, you know, coming back from 3-1, it's not as much of a challenge as it used to be because, you know, there's no home court advantage for the other team in a closeout game. But with the Lakers – with have I never get a bet against LeBron in the playoffs. So I'm going to go with Barkley here and say the Lakers are going to win simply because I've never, I can't remember the last time I saw LeBron not make it to a championship game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. And he's been uh, in a championship game. I think since 2010, the guy is, is, is phenomenal, but you know, the, they made a good point. Uh, some of the analysts I've been hearing talk, they, they say, you know, is it, is it best for LA to lose the first two so that, you know, nuggets don't get down one to three, like they were and think that they can come back again, you know? So I don't know how that's going to work, but uh, I will say that I, I was able to get onto mybookie.com and make some bets for both the nuggets and the Lakers to win, believe it or not. And this is how we do it. You know, you, you, you do it by points. So when I went on there and I, I selected the Nuggets to win between three and six points, that's a eight. That's a plus eight hundred on the line there. So if I put a dollar down, I win eight dollars on that. But I also put down for the Lakers to win the same spread, and that's at a plus one uh, one thousand. So that's a ten dollar win. So if you don't know who's going to win, you can always go on to aid to it to mybookie.ag and place some bets for both teams to win. Do it that way and. So we'll see how it all works out, but and I am a Laker fan. I've said that on this podcast before, but um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, I think the the Lakers are going to come out hungry. They've had quite a bit of a rest, and anytime you give LeBron or you give AD rest, that's always a good thing. So I yeah, think they're going to come out, and um, you know, the Nuggets are they played forty eight hours ago, so they're they didn't get a lot of rest, but uh, they got some rest. So I think this first game is is really going to set the tone for how it's going to go. But if you pay attention to the last two series between uh, the Lakers and Portland and Lakers and Houston. The Lakers don't have a good uh, record of winning their first game of the series. Yep. And I think that once they, uh, once they play the first game, they kind of get an, a, a feel for what the other team's doing and they make that adjustment be it defensively or offensively, they make the adjustment so that they can play better. And, and as, as we know, they took care of both Portland and Houston by doing it that way. So, uh, yep. This first game will kind of be setting the pace. It'll be interesting to see. I think it's going to be a great matchup. Um, you know, it's it's one of the better matchups. I think that the Miami and Boston series is uh, a better seven-game series to watch. Um, that, that I think that's going to go a full seven games. Uh, what do you think, Brent? Well, yeah, I mean, it's tough. So I really thought Boston was going to win yesterday's game. Even before I, I'd picked Boston to – to even it up and and I for the whole game just like for game one I thought they had it and they just don't have um I I've said this before Boston doesn't doesn't seem to have that one veteran um you know vocal leader that they really need I think they were hoping Kemba could be that guy or, or Tatum would step up or you know Marcus Smart tries to be but Smart's more like a Patrick Beverly Beverly is just kind of just kind of loud and you know which can which can work here and there but i don't think anybody would call beverly you know the leader of, of the clippers you know right. that that's more of a Kawhi or, or paul george i think um or even like a lou williams 
But on Boston, was, any, was the, anybody the leader for the? Yeah, well, that that's a that's that's your that's your problem, and yeah. that when you have a team like that in Boston, even though a lot of these guys have played together for a while, they still feel like they still feel disjointed as a team. They don't feel like a collective like the Nuggets do or like uh, the Heat do. And even though Butler's pretty new, they they feel like he he really uh, locked in really quickly and it got along with these guys. And I noticed it on social media following Butler like he immediately took to Tyler Hero and yeah. and and these guys just look like friends. Right. And Boston doesn't doesn't have that feel and it's been like that for a while and at some point do you have to start blaming Brad Stevens for not uh you know getting these guys to that point or setting these guys up to be at that point and you know I think NBA coaches are it's less about the Xs and Os and it's more about you know inspiring people and getting the best out of these incredibly talented players. And in part of that is developing your leader and giving them the confidence and getting them, you know, get Tatum to that point. He should be your guy. But uh, I think they've also missed Gordon Hayward a lot. I mm-hmm. mean, you lose another six, eight all-star uh, out yeah. on the wing, you know, that's going to hurt. Um, it, you know, it hurts you in the pick and roll guarding the pick and roll. It, it, it gives you less scoring options. And when your bench is as poor as Boston's bench is you just, you're not going to have a chance. And so I would love and with no home court advantage though. I think bought being down two O's, no big deal. No reason to panic. Uh, you know, I did hear there was a little blow up in the locker room with Marcus yeah. smart and they canceled practice. So we can talk more about that, but um, yeah, I, I think, I don't think Boston's in serious trouble, but I think they have to win game three. Um, there's not going to be any coming back from down three uh, O with, with the way Miami's playing. I think Miami's lost one. They're like 10 and one. Or yeah. something. So, you you have to win the game three, probably have to win game four. I would look at those as must wins. If yeah. they can even the series and it's anybody's game, if they let Miami get a third one, a third one, forget it. It's over. Yeah, I think it's a it's a must win from here on out for for Boston. Um, you know, you're yeah. talking about that blow up they had in the locker room. I heard that you know Brad Stevens pulled them together again today. Uh, the main, main major players, you know, Campbell Walker and. Jason Tatum, Brown, and uh, of course Marcus Smart. And he pulled those those guys together and, and basically tried to let them hash it out. They didn't feel that they hashed it out enough last night or the other night, whenever they after the post game. So they pulled them all together and let them hash it out. Hopefully, they got it figured out and they can get right back on the right path. Because, like you said, I mean, you're you're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Every game is a playoff, is a must win. You know what I'm saying? So yep, it'd be interesting to see. But you're right, Tyler Hero and, and those guys, the young guys are over there. And I think with a young team, you need more of that that coaching uh, for chemistry for with a young team. You know, if you look at you know college coaches like Calipari and Coach K, you know they really you can see that team build throughout the season once they get to the Final Four and whatnot. That the teams are really clicking. They really have a lot of continuity by that point. And, I think once you get into the league, you know, a lot of coaches kind of forget the fact that, hey, some of these guys are still young. You know, they don't, yeah. they haven't really grown up. They only spent maybe one year in college. So you need more of that, uh, that mentoring a little bit. And, you know, some of these professional coaches, they, they don't have that in them per se, but the college coaches sure do. So, um, you know, interested to see how this works out with Brad Stevens and this young core, but um, they got a young core they're going to have for a long time. And I think that, Splitting these guys up is not really the best thing to do. I think making them work it out is probably the better thing. So, uh, and that yep. sounds like what they're going to do. But I agree. They, they've got to. They've got to win now. So, um, what's your what's your mindset? You think Boston's going to pull it out? Uh, man, I don't know. I think if Hayward if Hayward 
comes back, I think they can. I think they can pull it out. I think um, he's questionable I think this for the next up, game. They said, yeah, which he was doubt. He was not even. So he was out before. He was doubtful this last he's, game. And now he's upgraded. questionable. They, they so upgraded we, to questionable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with his history of injuries, but come on, look, Kevin Durant came out and played in towards Achilles, so uh, maybe that's not a good example. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, you got to get. I think Hayward, you got to tough it out. At least give your team 10 minutes or something. I, I know teams are hesitant to even try to play guys even a couple of minutes because it messes up the, the, you know, the game plan and, and everything. But, you know, I remember, you know, when the Knicks, uh, you know, they had – what was that famous uh, – when the injured guy came out of the locker room, this was before, before, before I'm old and this is even before my time, <laughs> but um, you know, there's lots of these stories of where, you know, an injured guy gave it a go and it really gave their team a boost. And uh, you know, Jordan playing sick, Kobe playing hurt, uh, you know, all these stories, you know, obviously every time Kobe played, he was hurt. Seems like. Yeah, pretty much. And Gordon Hayward is not one of those guys, but he is a key piece of this team and just giving them any minutes uh, where he can help disrupt things or or whatever, I, I think you just got to do it. I really want to see him get out there, and I. But you can tell probably from my my wavering here that I think Miami is just too strong, too on a roll right now to to come back even down 2-0. I think they're in a tough spot. But if they can if they can hold Miami from getting that third win until at least it's two two. If it was 3-2, I could still see Boston being able to get two in a row. I just don't see Boston being able to get three in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I was good. I was glad to see that Boston put in uh, Enos Cantor the first half of that game. Uh, yeah, night. and it worked. Yeah, it, it did work, and he only played 10 minutes. So I, I don't know why they didn't stick with that because it was working. Uh, Bam Adebayo was, I think, O of four or over five whenever Canner was in Canner had six points five rebounds was three of three whenever they uh they pulled him and and then they put him in a little bit later on but I think that would when, when you're going up against Bam Adebayo I think Enos Cantor actually did better out there than Daniel Tice did so I don't know why Brad Stevens decided not to go back with Enos Cantor later on in the game uh, I wish he would have they may have had a better chance I think but you know I've been saying on this podcast and on our other podcast box score breakdown that you know, Enos Kanter is probably one of their better rebounds, rebounders, and for the bigs. But the bigs were where it's lacking for the Celtics. And to have Kanter yeah. not playing coach's decision, that's just not, in my opinion, not wasn't the right move. So I think, and I think Williams, Robert Williams too, the time, the time Lord can, yeah. uh, you know, I think he matches up really well with Bam. He's very athletic. He can jump, you know, he's not the offensive threat. That I mean, it's hard. It's sad to say he's not the offensive threat that Tice is or uh, or Cantor is, but he's he's definitely young and athletic. And I think I don't know why Stevens isn't just taking those three guys and just throwing them at Bam. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, just get letting them get fouls, letting them you know use use your big men. Um, I'm not saying go to like Taco or anything, but you know, at least let those guys who've been getting minutes and are proven guys who can, who can play rotational minutes, you know, get them in there. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why, you know, you're trying to play like Williams, Grant Williams at center or something. It's, it doesn't make sense. So we'll see, um, you know, hopefully, cause I think this could hurt Brad Stevens legacy a lot. If mm-hmm. Boston gets swept here or doesn't at least make this an interesting series or, or win it, 
because Stevens gets a lot of hype for being a great coach, but there's really no excuse for, for not winning these first two games. You're up by 15, 16 at times going like later in the game. And you can't, with put, you, yeah. Put on the pedal. He's yeah. not making the adjustments. Miami just zoned up and Boston gets confused by that. And, and Stevens is making no changes. Yeah. And speaking of legacy, you know, it was announced that the, uh, the MVP award came out for the, uh, for the league and uh, Yantis Antetokounmpo won his second uh, MVP award, back-to-back MVPs. And he's also uh, MVP and the defensive player of the year in the same year. So um, as, as we've said on this podcast, I felt that LeBron deserved it. Um, Of course I'm a Lakers fan, so I may be a little biased, but (laughs) I wasn't the only one. We both argued for it. Yeah, according to the voting, uh, LeBron James was voted first place 16 times. Giannis Antetokounmpo obviously beat him out with 85 votes for first place. But then it flip-flopped. When you go to second place, it was 16 and 84. And uh, the only other person that got a vote there was James Harden, second place for the uh, for the vote. So it looks yep. like LeBron James was second, Giannis uh, first, obviously. James Harden third, and Doncic was fourth. And that's what's really surprising because – Luka Doncic, his second year in the league, and he's already uh, fourth in MVP voting. I mean, that guy's been a monster. He's been phenomenal, triple doubles, and really doing well yeah. for his team. You know, he's young, but he's had a lot of play time in, in Europe as well. And it sounds yep. like that Mark Cuban's really high on the uh, the European players down there in Dallas with why not in, in uh, Christoph Porzingis. And, well, it's and worked before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Vitsky, these, these European yeah. players, I mean, they, they mature quick. They play basketball semi-pro when they're really, really young. So they get a lot of exposure there. So uh, the MVP voting, what do you think, Brent? I mean, we. I think one of our first podcasts, you know, I kind of went off on a rant on why I think LeBron should win the MVP every single year. Yeah. <laughs> and I think they're just out of boredom like he doesn't he doesn't just to try to keep it going i it it's you know i understand that the mvp voting is for the regular season only yes so you can't i mean i don't think Giannis wins mvp so long ago exactly yeah it was so long ago it was shortened then and then you know the bucks flopped hard i mean i know he was hurt and injuries happen and that sucks. And and look, he is great. I mean, he's a great, great player. Like amazing. Like the freak is a is an excellent nickname, even though it rhymes with Greek and so it works. It really is apropos because he is an unbelievable ball handler for his size. His shot is coming along. His defense really is great. I mean he there's not a lot of I think he makes Middleton an all-star I don't know that Middleton is an all-star if he if he's not if he doesn't have you know Antetokounmpo taking to all those double and triple teams I don't know look at him whenever you know it it didn't count but in the bubble there in the playoff once Giannis went down I mean well that's a good point yeah yeah he did Chris Middleton stepped up big time and he really made that team and he showed that he could be you know a star on his own team uh, but I get what you're saying. You know, it, it's always good to have two stars on a team because, you know, when Giannis yeah. gets doubled, Chris Middleton's open. And But we, we did see what happened when Chris Middleton had the, you know, the floor to himself. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it it's interesting, but 
I don't know. Like I, I'm with you. And it's funny. I was listening to the radio today, and I'm not going to say what analyst said it, but they said, you know, I agree. You know, that Giannis should be the MVP, but I also feel that LeBron James is the best player in the game today. Yeah. Well, how can you say that in the same yeah. breath? How yeah. can you say LeBron's the best player in the game today, but say someone else is the MVP? I just don't get it. Well, you also made a good point there about Middleton, and, and the argument I've heard is should the MVP most valuable player to a team remove that player from the team? Now, how good is that team? Yeah. And if if you remove Giannis, if Middleton is that all-star caliber player, you know, is that mean he's the MVP? What yeah, about yeah. you take Chris Paul off the Thunder or you yeah. take Luka off Dallas? Where does that leave those teams? You know, yeah. who's the real most valuable player here? Take what? Jimmy Butler off the Heat, you know? It's uh, take Tatum off the Celtics. You know, the, there's a lot of guys who be, who can be considered more valuable. I mean, mm-hmm. and LeBron's always that case. Take LeBron off any team he's ever been on. Are they anywhere close to a, even maybe even a playoff team? Like, like look Cleveland at the Cavs. Wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think we're enamored with, with the specimen that is Giannis, and I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I can't argue that he's not, you know, the most valuable player. He's, he's, he's an amazing player, but yeah. I think LeBron needs more love when it comes to that. I, I think he deserves to get the titles. Um, and, and I think going forward, we're going to see a lot, a lot of Luca <laughs> just yeah. because honestly, like people love uh, a good white basketball player in the NBA and he's an amazing player. And I think, um, just like when Steve Nash won his back-to-backs. I think we're going to see uh, that from Luca coming up here in the next couple of years. I think, you know, to that point, I think that Tyler Harrow is going to be really, really popular. I mean, I'm, I'm not oh, even sure. – I'm a, I'm a Kentucky fan, obviously, but I'm not even a <laughs> Miami fan. And I was telling the wife the other night, I'm thinking about going to get me a Tyler Harrow jersey. Yeah. I mean, he's a bench player right now. He's relentless. So, he he just does not he, stop. I mean – He's got he, skills. He's very smooth, too, very confidence. controlled. He's got yeah. confidence, you know. Yes. In Kentucky, they're built different, boy. We we are built different out here. We got confidence, like just oozing out of our veins. So, yeah, I mean, what he snubbed uh, Wisconsin to go to Kentucky, and that was a yeah. big deal. They they yeah. hated him, and in, in, in hometown boy goes somewhere else, and a yeah. team like Kentucky is like Kentucky's like the Lakers. They win so much that people just love to hate them. So, but. Well, Brent, it was fun, man. I think uh, this will wrap up this episode. We've, we've yeah, we're getting on tip off here, huh? Yeah, we got a tip off Lakers versus Denver game one. So, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, make sure you stay tuned to us. We're gonna uh, on this uh, podcast every well Saturday for you guys. Everything's gonna be posted normally on Saturdays. We're, we record this Friday night, and uh, we love talking to you guys, talking hoops. Make sure you guys check us out on Twitter. I'm at ky pro basketball on Twitter, and Brent. Yep, at Brent Middleman, Brent Middleman. And just so you guys know, we're working on uh, some special guests here coming up in the next few weeks or so, uh, you know, as we as we get into the off season and then on to the next season. So, you know, if you like our weekend show, check it out. Give us some likes. Let us know. Leave a five-star um, you know, review if you're yeah, on iTunes. Yeah, we'll look to see if we can grow this even more and, and, and do it even more regularly. Absolutely. All right, Brian, you guys take care. Be safe out there, everybody. We'll see you next week, okay? Thanks, everyone.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.